this week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with Paul in the Roman Tribune. Paul brought to the council. Paul divides the room, plot to kill Paul, and Paul sent to Felix. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unbelieving. We have sinned against you with thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. highest and peace to his people on earth.
Let's pray. Almighty God, you exalted your Son to the place of all honor and authority. Enlighten our minds by your Holy Spirit, that confessing Jesus as Lord, we may be led into all truth. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. reading from Ezekiel chapter 18. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. Yet you say, the word of the Lord is not just. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? When a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. For the injustice that he has done, he shall die. Again, when a wicked person turns away from the wickedness he has committed and does what is just and right, he shall save his life. Because he considered and turned away from all transgressions that he had committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is not just, O house of Israel, are my ways not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions you have committed, and make your hearts, make for yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Matthew, the 21st chapter. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? 
Jesus answered them, I also will ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say, from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say, from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. He said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus picks up the familiar figure of the two sons. You can think of many examples of this, Cain and Abel, Ishmael and Isaac, Esau and Jacob, the prodigal and his brother, pairs. In this account, of course, there's a little bit of a difference, perhaps we might say. Neither son really seems to be kind of the ideal. One says, no, I'm not going to do what you say. I'm not going to go out, clearly and forthrightly breaking the fourth commandment to his father's face, but then does repent and go forth and go into the vineyard and do the work. And then you have the other situation, even worse, according to Christ's judgment, that he says he will go, but then doesn't even bother to show up. This is the background for Jesus' discussion with the chief priests and the elders of the people and the questions about authority and repentance and who will enter into the kingdom. Now, if you're a casual listener to today's texts, you might think that righteousness is rather relative, as we already saw. Well, you don't have to be the perfect son, you just have to be the one that eventually shows up, maybe even if it's just the 11th hour. Even we see in Ezekiel, you can start off with a wicked life, but if you consider and change your mind and turn away from these wicked things, then, yeah, you'll make it. You'll enjoy the fellowship of God. Again, even if it's just at the 11th hour. So is that really what's going on here? Is God saying, well, I know that uh, nobody can be perfect. We really don't have any other options here. So you know what, I'm just going to be happy if you kind of get it at the end. This is good enough. Now, of course, 
We could also even look at it from the question of substitutionary atonement. Well, our Lord Jesus Christ is dying for sinners, and it is by that, of course, that one enters into the kingdom. And of course, this would be true. And yet we do have this interesting uh, proclamation, this interesting assertion here from Ezekiel. The Lord says, the soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father. This is also in chapter 18, although not specifically a part that was read. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. So here, if the righteousness and the wickedness are upon the, one, the ones who do these things, and it seems to even back away from a claim that one could suffer on behalf of another. Now again, of course, we know that this is not the case. We know that, in fact, suffering on behalf of those uh, who are suffering on behalf of others is a common theme in Scripture, obviously culminating with the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have the ram, which is a substitute for Isaac. We have Joseph, who is put into the pit for the sake of his brothers and even for his father. We have the Passover lamb, substituted for the death of the firstborn. We have the scapegoat sent to the devil for the sake of the whole congregation of Israel. So indeed, suffering for the sake of another is a theme in Scripture. So what is it that Ezekiel is getting at? What is it that Ezekiel is saying? It's really that he's saying there's no more need for the Son to suffer for the sins of the Father. There's no more need for you to suffer for the sins of your father who brought sin into the world in the first place, that is to say, Adam. There is no more need for you to be condemned because Christ has suffered for you. It is not so much that you have to suffer for another, it is rather that one has lived for you. There's no longer the generations of punishment that come forth beginning from Adam continuing down through all generations to your own fathers and to you, but rather that Christ our Lord has suffered, Christ our Lord, your elder brother, the one who is righteous in all that he does, both in his response to his father and in his actions in going to work in the vineyard. And therefore, there is no longer the generational punishment. There is no longer the punishment that comes upon human nature. Indeed, as he has lived for you, there's no longer a need for you to die. Christ has suffered. God has no pleasure in the death of a sinner. And this pleasure is revealed not in a theology of, well, this is good enough, but it's revealed in the perfect obedience of the Son who takes on the sin of the world and for your sake spills his blood, gives over his body, and indeed lives again for you. And so this is, in fact, the way of righteousness that our Lord sets before us. This is the way of righteousness in which John comes, and this is why this question to the chief priests and the elders is so significant. They want to know the authority by which Jesus is doing these things, and even to our ears, that sounds like the most interesting question. What is Jesus' authority? Who is he? 
by what right is he able to come and accomplish the forgiveness of sins? But Jesus turns it back and says, what is the way of righteousness that has been proclaimed? What is the way of righteousness that has already been brought forth to you? In fact, not only from John, although he is the greatest of the prophets, but all of the prophets who have come before indeed, as we heard also in Ezekiel. That those who consider, that those who look at their sins, who recognize the wickedness of their sins, that those who repent, those indeed are brought into the way of salvation. John has the authority from heaven coming by the word of the Lord, consistent with the Old Testament scriptures, consistent with the promises of salvation, and with a baptism for the repentance and the forgiveness of sins. This is the authority of God the Father. This is the authority of the Son, that sins would be forgiven and that sins would be forgiven those who are come to recognize their sin, who recognize the wickedness, who consider it, and who cast this wickedness away from themselves. So consider for your own sakes, what are the sins that beset you? What are the sins that tempt you? What are the sins that our Lord calls upon you today to cast from you, to be in terror for, to be sorry for, and there in this, uh, in this sorrow and in this repentance to turn and see the Lamb of God who has shed his blood for you, your elder brother who has shed his blood for you? Is it the sins of the fornicators, the prostitutes, who seek after lust and the desires of the flesh? It is, this, is it the sins of the tax collectors, those who seek after gain, those who seek some kind of honor and prestige in the crowd that is around them? Are these the kinds of sins that tempt you? Consider them. Be afraid for them. But also recognize that our Lord has spilled his blood for you. Cast them away and cling to him, cling to his body and to his blood. Or is it perhaps the sins that tempted the chief priests and the elders, the sins of, again, position, honor, the sins of assuming that they are in the in crowd, the in family, that they are the son that the father has accepted, assuming that they no longer even have to consider the truth of God's word because they are in this position. Notice how when Jesus asks them, by what authority does John do this? They don't consider what do the scriptures say? Is what John preached consistent with the Torah of Moses? But they say, well, what's going to get us into greater trouble with the crowd? They sought after itching ears. Is this the temptation that you face? Is it a temptation that you will face in the future? Indeed. It is. So consider the sins that beset you. Consider the temptations that will come upon you. Consider the terror of the judgment of God, a judgment that you will fall under if you walk away from that brother who has spilled his blood for you. But consider that in casting away these sins, alternatively, you have the blood of Christ, you have the body of Christ, the one who has lived before you and lives eternally now in the way of righteousness and indeed leads you into this way of righteousness.
To this Christ be all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, let us pray to the Lord, from whom we receive everything we need, both for this life and for the life to come. For a firm faith in Christ alone is the way, the truth, and the life, and for the grace to remain steadfast in the way of everlasting life, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the whole people of God, that being nourished by the forgiveness of Christ, they may joyfully forgive one another. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all ministers of the church, especially those who are suffering for Christ's sake, that they may boldly make known the mystery of the gospel and be ambassadors for Christ to everyone they meet. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have For the congregations of our synod, that through the faithful proclamation of the gospel, they would welcome many into their midst, at all times being attentive to the needs of both body and soul. Let us pray to the Lord. For all who hold positions of public responsibility in our land, that our Father in heaven would instill in them an appreciation for the seriousness of their calling. Let us pray to the Lord. For the sick, the infirm and the homebound, for the lonely, the depressed, and the mentally ill, for the widowed and all orphans, and for those who live with undue fear and anxiety and all other needs, that God would grant peace and comfort, using us to bring the good news of life in Christ to them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord for our youth, that those who have lost their way might find encouragement through the church, and for all parents, that in the midst of their daily struggles, they would be examples of patience and divine mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For all these and whatever other things you would have us ask, Heavenly Father, we pray for the sake of Jesus Christ, your only Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, Father, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, to you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. 
This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Peace of the Lord be with you always.
precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep you strong and steadfast in the one true faith, now and unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. 